when I was 12, my mom announced in November that she didn't want any Christmas gifts that year. She'd always been really hard to buy for anyway. If it wasn't exactly right, she'd straight out ask why you'd bothered wasting the money. And then the tears would start. So that made for fun Christmas mornings. And my strategy to avoid it was to go super practical. Homemade pot holders from age 7 to 9. Um, or I'd get to the one thing I knew was unobjectionable. A big bottle of Gina Tay after Bass Splash from the drugstore. But that year she changed the game. Christmas was not about gifts, she said, and she would no longer participate. So the day came, and we didn't get her anything, you know, as requested. Um, But I guess empty-handed Christmas morning wasn't so hot after all, because she locked herself crying in the bedroom while her traditional Christmas lasagna went from dried out to really burned in the oven. But she came out eventually, and her face was all puffy, but she went out and she put the food on the table. And it was awkward as fuck, but we sat down and ate, and no one said anything. Uh, but the next year, I had a big bottle of Ginate back in my closet by the time Halloween rolled around. Welcome to Broken Corners, uh, a podcast where we revisit memories, both pleasant and, well, well, you, you just heard. My name is Armando, and that was Karen. Uh, <laughs> uh, this week, we're going to talk about those times when people say they want one thing, but it turns out maybe they really didn't. What do you think? Your mom wanted. Oh. You know, I... Let's unpack that right away. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny that that's the one thing I haven't really thought about. Um, oh, I, you know, in that instance, I really don't know. I don't know if she was trying to make a point, a even bigger point, that it hadn't been good enough before, what she'd gotten, or... Sometimes my dad, she would sort of try to score points. My mom was Catholic, but my dad was um, really fundamentalist Christian. And she would sort of try to score points with him with things like that. But um, I don't know what she wants. Like, what do you think she would have wanted? I don't know either. I don't. um, Well, it's hard to say because, A, I don't know her and. Um, the, no, you're never gonna. No, she's not dead. She's not dead. No, and, and I checked. I googled it recently. She's not dead. And I and B, I'm never. I don't know her. Um, so, but I mean, it's one of those things where it could be that she wanted to be thought of and not made a fuss. You know, us Catholics were weird, right? You know, there's this whole idea of being a martyr. <laughs> yeah. But really not wanting to be a martyr. Right. So like, you know, oh, don't worry about me. Take the last slice of pizza. Then you're like, fuck, I really wanted the last slice of pizza, this motherfucker. So it's like almost like wanting someone else to be like, you want everyone to be a martyr until someone takes the last slice of pizza. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get the thing where you don't want, you don't want to have to tell people what you want, but then you also don't. But if you don't have any empathy to understand, you know, where people's uh, resources are limited to be able to, aside from just like, people can't guess what's in another person's mind. Well, yeah. Well, they can, they can try. Also, (laughs) how old did you say you were again? 12. So. But this has been going on for years at that point. Oh, it was a perennial issue. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, seriously, I would make, I got... One year, I asked for a pot holder kit for Christmas so that I could use it to make gifts for the following Christmases. Oh, wow. Because I knew 
it was a it was a gift that was functional. Mm, it was foresight. a gift I made myself yes. so that there was no cost associated mm. with it. It was decent. Gotcha. And so yeah, there it had been Next time hide it in the bathroom. I mean you can't go back. If we ever build the time machine, hide something in the bathroom. And then you'd be like, It was there all along. Oh. That's right. Right. Time machines. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think the thing I got out of it was that um I just don't I just don't always believe people. And it not mm-hmm. it, not in a super um Machiavellian way or anything, but you know, some people are people are gonna tell you they want something and they don't always want it. So and this works out really well with bosses mm. who they don't know what they actually want you to do. Right. They want you to figure it out. Right. And um it works really well with professors. Okay. Same. Right. Yeah. So it's it's sort of stood me well in a lot of situations. Um, but you know, but it could come to a point where then you're kind of forcing your thought pattern. So like you're assuming everyone has issues, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I'm not assuming, here's the thing. I'm not assuming that I'm right. Okay. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not arrogant enough to say, I know what you actually want. Right. I just always leave it as an option that you don't know what you want either. Well, yeah, most, most people don't know what they want. Right. right? So it's hard. So especially with, um, you know, gift giving is so awkward, right? I mean, it's like you're, you're sitting there it's like, well, um, I think I know what this person wants because I have, um, you know, a pretty good relationship with them and I know what their likes and dislikes are. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. Do I do they really know what they want? Yeah. Um, you know. Well, like with with my dad, mm-hmm. you got that guy a packet of new handkerchiefs and a fucking can of salted peanuts. Heaven. Really? He was in heaven. I mean, he was born in 1923. <laughs> right. So, you know, it was <laughs> aluminum cans were like <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. But but then the thing was, I when I was thinking about all of this, um, maybe he didn't like that stuff. And he was just like, you know what? This really is from my kid. It. Yeah. No, that makes who's sense. Who's 10. Yeah. You know? And that, the thing, too, with him, he, like, he would usually end up sort of, if I bought her something, would end up signing off on it, too. Um, but he, because he was disabled and, you right. know, he didn't have, my mom had control of the money because of that and he couldn't drive. So mm. it was just like, what do you, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like my mom had a husband who had some, you know, upper middle class job who didn't give a shit to get mm. her anything. Right. You know, what are you laughing at? I'm laughing because I have something in my teeth <laughs> and it's really, I'm trying to work it out and I don't want like, yeah. Anyway. Nobody needs to see that or hear that. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of when I would like always want to buy my mother something. Yeah. You know, and every, um, I always felt like it wasn't perfect whenever, um, you know, because, you know, you know, growing up in a single uh, parent household, she was the matriarch. She was also the patriarch. So yeah, you just wanted to get her something nice. But I always felt like um, nothing was ever good enough. Did yeah. she? Did you get that from her, or uh, you... maybe once or twice? Um, <laughs> but also, then I was just like, you know, but it's one of those things where if you rub a raw nerve or whatever enough, you just most some people are really. Well, I'll just tell about me. I just go, well, fuck it, then I don't give a fuck. I'm just gonna give you a gift card. 
Yeah. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, you get a gift card because I, I clearly, you have something in mind. I can't get there yeah. in your mind. And well, and once you are adults, you know, people either buy what they want themselves or. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Good times. <laughs> so, I mean. I thought that was going to be a lot funnier. Yeah. <laughs> No, it was funny. I don't. Not, well, so how? How? Um, uh, well, I'm not going to talk about that right now. So, um, well, have you ever had any instances where uh, you you wanted something and then it turned out you didn't want it after you pursued it? I mean, yes, and it was. I mean, there are a ton of things that are more probably more. Um, you know, I one particular thing that I wanted, and um, it was a PSP when it first came out, and uh, I was married at the time, and my wife at the time said, no, you can't buy it. We can't afford it. Mm. Uh, we were both in school. She was in law school, and I was in grad school. But I was in grad school in Connecticut, and she was living in Queens. So I bought it, mm. and I didn't tell her. Oh, until she found it. <laughs> That's a PlayStation, right? Yes, PlayStation Portable. Portable PlayStation? Oh, okay. So I purchased it, and one weekend she came up and found it, because, you know, dumb me, why would you hide something? And then she, you know, gave me the riot act, and I, I just lost all interest and regretted buying it. I didn't want it anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, like, even, killed your joy yeah, in it? Yeah, even to this day, I, I, I don't. I don't like it. I don't want it. It's in my house somewhere. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like I can never enjoy that thing. Like it's yeah. That's one thing. So I don't know. I don't know. If that's the same thing though. Is that the same thing? I don't know. Well, because you. Yeah. I mean, you could say getting married. No, I'm. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I had. I've had times where, like, I accepted a job somewhere. Mm. I When I was done with undergrad, I got a job in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And I knew, I knew from, I knew from when I was, flew down there for the interview that I didn't want to be there. Mm. And, and then, um. <laughs> what, what, when you were on the plane and you were like, hmm, I really don't want to be here. <laughs> like, well, the, part of it was, <laughs> There, there actually was a thing on the plane. Anytime I would fly back to Michigan from Kentucky when I did work there, there would always be this point where I, I always sit, I always get window seats mm-hmm. and where I'd be looking out the window. Right. And the green is just wrong there. I, it's not wrong, but it was so... So where I'm from, it was, you know, it was dark green. It was forest green. Oh, okay. And in Kentucky, it's... In the springtime, all of a sudden, it'll go to this bright, crazy... Um, chartreuse green in the springtime for about three weeks and then after that it's brown the rest of the year because it's so damn hot and so there would always be this point where i was flying over where like oh my god the correct green is back and i know correct is a little judgy but um no i just knew i didn't i knew it was i could there were there were so many reasons why at the time i could say okay this is i'm an english major and i don't know what job i'm gonna get with that i don't i didn't have any 
career path in mind other than the job that I went down there for. It was to work at a historic farm after mm-hmm. I'd been working at a historic park in the oh. summers for years. And, um, but I just knew, I knew in my gut it was wrong. That's the thing. I can tell you right now five reasons why it was an okay idea and why it was a reasonable idea, but I knew it was not what I wanted to do. And I got down there. I mean, it didn't help that the day after I moved there, nine eleven happened. Um, but it was, it was just a weird environment overall, but I don't know. I knew, I knew I didn't, I didn't want it the second I got there. So you're saying the grass isn't always greener on the other side. <laughs> I've been no. waiting, I've been waiting to say that. <laughs> like, that was just holding inside of me. And not even when I started this story. You've been no, waiting, no, it's, yeah, it's you've been waiting since we met. Uh-huh. It's a very long time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I knew when I moved to Arizona that I didn't want to move. Anytime I give up New York, I immediately, I know I don't want to. And then something happens where I have to, where I come back. So you're not moving anywhere. I don't know. I think about it all the time. Um, yeah. Well, what about you? I mean, would you ever leave New York? Um, I lived in Connecticut for two years, uh, for graduate school. Um, I think I used to say I wasn't ready to, I was never going to leave New York. Yeah. Uh, but now I'm, I could probably leave New York. I have no problem with it. Yeah. Um, because New York isn't New York anymore. Mm. Um, you know, all the bells and whistles of like, oh, it's New York. It's, it's, it has personality and it, it doesn't have Well, that. what, what was New York that it isn't now? Well, you know, it's more along the lines of like, I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, there was a, a little fear factor that was kind of involved when you walk down the street. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, not that that makes anything great, but it's you know, there were like bars that were like really, um, you know, uh, like real dive bars instead of like kind of like fake dive bars. You know, they have these bars now that are like kind of like grimy but it's like manufactured grimy it's not Mm. like you know over the years because no one ever like the board of health never came and like you know like things like that i I think you know and and not that that makes a city or whatever it's just you know it kind of adds to character and and a lot of it's nostalgic okay um you know i could think of a few bars that like i would always like going into because it was kind of like it was dirty also the jukeboxes were great Mm -hmm. um and also like you could probably mug someone or kill someone and no one would say anything. Uh-huh. Not that, you, you know, I would do that. But, I mean, I just mean, like, there was just an element of, like, no one gave a shit. And right. you could do whatever you want. It and, was more anonymous? Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think, like, it was more like you just went there and drank and had a good time. Mm-hmm. Where now it's, like, not that way. I mean, you know, I'm also getting older. So I could be getting into that cranky stage of my life where... Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, back in my day. So, I don't know, but I, I do think that it's different. It's a little bit more um, sanitized. Yeah. Not that that's a bad thing, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> it's funny though. I do. I, I feel. Uh, I feel how New York has changed me sometimes in certain ways, but not in others. But I was the other. Last week, I was sitting outside um, typing up some notes for this podcast. Oh, well, there you go. And uh, 
it was a Friday afternoon at 4.30 down in the financial district. And I looked over and this one very expensive car had sort of mildly tapped another very expensive car. And so this man and this woman had both gotten out and the guy had these giant sort of hipster headphones on, but he was in his probably mid fifties and neither one of them would move because they just wanted to yell at one another. And uh, so they were blocking this entire side streets worth of traffic from being able to get out to the main street. And it, it was funny because the guy was being such a dick. Um, I mean, they both were, but then at the same time I had that kind of um, like, I'm keeping an eye on this as if, you know, what, what, what exactly am I planning on doing it? But it's, I, I mean, part of it was because it was, I would do it. Actually, I would do it with anybody, but it, you know, there was sort of like this small woman in this tall guy. Mm. Not that I thought the guy was going to take a swing at her or something necessarily, but, but I kind of, yeah, but I have the, I, it makes me laugh. That's what makes me feel old is that I have the sense of, I'm keeping an eye on things, you know, I'm from your stoop, right? (laughs) No, from my, from my uh, seat next to the Starbucks. Right. Yeah. Um, but there are, I don't know, there are times when I feel like I feel like you have to do that. It's part of being part of, you know, the community in New York is to sort of have a sense of you let things play out. Mm-hmm. But if things got super crazy, oh, yeah. I do feel like people would do something. Yeah. I mean, you that's but that's also being human, right? I mean, you kind of like stay there and like you kind of want to be on the like just looking kind of in a voyeur like type way until like something happens. And then you're you're worrying like. Well, there's two things, right? Like, if something happens, like, what are you going to do about it? Well, I don't know. There's that, there's, it's, of course, I have no specific nouns to describe this, but there's that famous case from, is it from the Bronx or no, where it's the... it's Kew Gardens, Queens. You're talking about the... Uh, the courtyard? Kitty Genovese. Yeah. Uh, and this is something I'm very familiar with. Because you did it. Obsession. <laughs> um, Are you serious? I, I Yeah. I was, and they actually have a great documentary on Netflix. Did you watch that documentary? What is it called? I mean, I didn't watch it, but what is um, it called? I don't know, but it's called Kitty Genovese. Basically, um, the whole... it's <laughs> So, like, the whole... The, the story is that... Um, no one did anything, right? Yeah. They just looked out their windows and right. let it happen. But that's not true. Oh, yeah? People did do things, and they called the police, and basically... The police didn't come? Yeah. They called numerous times. Um, so, But nobody went in and physically intervened. Yeah. And something like that, I think. Yeah, no one stopped. Because they, it's, it's a weird story because the guy left and then came back, which is also weird. Wow. Um... But anyway, you should watch the documentary because it's kind of weird because her brother is obsessed with the case. And then he, the end is kind of weird because he has like an actress reenact the scene mm. um, in the neighborhood and yelling and screaming like the same howls oh. and screams. It's really, I don't know if it maybe it was cathartic for him, which is weird, but. Well, um, they, they had that in Girls where it was a sort of installation theater thing where you would go to the different rooms in the building mm-hmm. and the, you know, there'd be actors acting out scenes like the, it's like sleep no more kind of situation only about specifically that situation. And so the audience could look out and see it happening in the courtyard too. Oh yeah. And which I don't know if that was based on if they really oh, did know. that or not. I mean, I would never watch that show. <laughs> we cannot get into that. No, I don't. Uh, no, actually, I have seen one episode. 
<laughs> you, and, you and I have yelled at one another about Lena Dunham over this table yes, enough so, already. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's fine. That's um, <laughs> a white flag. It's fine. <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought. But yeah, you were talking about like that specific thing. Yeah. Well, have you, I mean, have you ever had any situations on the train where you've gotten involved or? Um, mm, more, so, I, I mean, fight or flight things is funny because I know like on the subway, it's more like I, there was, well, I have two vomit stories <laughs> for train. So one woman uh, was with her partner and. He was, you know, could tell like she was like totally hammered and he was like embarrassed that she, you know, he's like, oh, God, I got to like, you know, but, you know, he's with her. But, you know, it's like every guy when their girlfriend is like drunk. <laughs> they're just inching away. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God, I have to like take care of her, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you could tell the level of care by the, like, the how much they actually do care about each other, because if he didn't care at all, he would just be like, go away from me. But like, you just this, let her fall over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. And this guy uh, clearly cared. He seemed like a nice gentleman. Um, <laughs> and she, the woman vomited, and she threw up on the floor. And then um, some other guy just gets angry and starts yelling at them. Mm. Yo, your girlfriend threw up on me. She, I'm like, it was like on his shoe, but it yeah. really wasn't. So, um, you know, uh, we, I was with Tracy, and we were just like, oh, my God, like, relax. And then yeah. we gave, we, we helped and gave him like napkins, napkins That's, yep. to clean up you know his girlfriend and um or at least throw the napkin down on top of it <laughs> no but like That's she was like a mess and like i felt bad and like you know and you know <laughs> trace was like we've all been there and, and i believe her and um <laughs> you know it was one of those situations but it wasn't like it wasn't an aggressive encounter it was just more along the lines of like trying to you know like get in the middle of the other gentleman and like get like give napkins and, like, try to take care of the drunken woman. Yeah. Um, you know, because that's all we can do is give napkins as a society. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so. Um, it's true. Yeah, and then, the, well, another story, I didn't do anything but laugh, where there was just a woman. I found this very odd. So we were coming home. It might have been coming home from Excuse My French, which if you live in the New York area, please visit Excuse My French. Um, <laughs> Excuse My French, located on Delancey Street, across from the Tenement Museum. Is it not? It's not. What? Isn't it pro? No, what street is it? Orchard. Orchard Street. So close, you guys. 90 Orchard Street. Anyway, sorry for the cheap plug. Um, is it 90? <laughs> so we were all, you know, we, uh, they have great drinks. So we were, um, we Drinking were. Drinking a lot of them. We were hammered, uh, me and Tracy, who is my partner. And we were coming home on the train and she was kind of just like sleeping on my shoulder. She was playing the role of the drunk girl, and um, I was pretty. It's no, it's ninety six Orchard. <laughs> ninety. <laughs> we got there. We got ninety six Orchard Street. Excuse my French. Um, so there was a girl uh, across from us, and she had these. What do you call those sleeves that are like loopy? Like oh, like um, like Stevie Nicks. Yeah, no, not the like the lacy ones, but like the ones that are like oval and they have an opening that's oval. Like I don't know. So anyway, she was clearly intoxicated as well, and she proceeded to vomit into her sleeve. Oh, no. Because she felt like that was the best way to keep it, like... Just keep it inside. Just, any, just anyone seeing her. 
<laughs> but she was so cool about it. I was actually more fascinated by how cool she was. She just kind of like puked in her sleeve and just oh. like proceeded to like just put her sleeve down and sat there for the rest of the ride. And I was and I was staring at her like, oh my god, did that just happen? Wow. Oh my god, did that just happen? <laughs> Fascinating. My uh my good friend who she was she was on my staff for my summer job in Michigan. Um, she's from Canada originally, and now she lives out in Hawaii, and she's this amazing artist. Um, she came to visit last week or the week before with her boyfriend, and um, Brian and I met up with them, and we had a bunch of drinks, and um, <laughs> she was saying to me, Karen, be it, I don't know, do you ever have the thing happen where somebody orders a drink that's eight times stronger than everybody else's, and so they're just completely off pace yeah. with everybody else? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so she was a little drunker than everybody else, but she was saying, you know, Karen, just be in my life. Be in my life. And I love her, you know, but she's one of those people that I see her once every couple of years, and when we see each other, it's boom, back on, you know, pick right up. Right, but, right. She's busy and she's, you know, half the globe away and whatever. Um, so, so I was like, of course, I will be in your life. What is your phone number? Because, we've, you know, we've always connected on social media. So she gives me her phone number and I had texted her, be in my life and or I want to be in your life. And so then later the next morning I got up because I, I had to go to work early and she had texted me at like 3.45, which for her wasn't so late because she had bad jet lag from oh. Hawaii, but saying, um, I puked in my purse. I'm not sure you still want it to be in my life. But And I was like, oh, it's New York. You don't have to puke in your purse. Puke wherever you want. Puke in your sleeve. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just don't puke on anyone else, but puke wherever you want. Is that common for women to puke in their bags? I would never, ever, ever, ever do that. I don't know the answer to your question. Uh, I mean, you know, it was funny. When I was a kid, I would love going into my mother's pocketbook uh, because there was just so many things in there. I mean, it had so much. And her pocketbook always smelled like juicy fruit. Mm, juicy um, fruit. And it just was like, you had like amazing things. It was like, I don't even know. It had like gum. It had like tickets. It had like different receipts for this, this, and that. Change. Change. Maybe some candy. Yeah. Like you had everything in there. And, Lipstick. Uh, yeah. Uh, and you could play like you're the Joker and just put her <laughs> on you. Um, but never puke is what I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. No. Uh, nothing you've ever told me about your mom makes me think she is the type of lady who would puke in her bag. And there's nothing wrong with a lady who would puke in her bag. But I am not that lady. I yeah. don't think your mom is either. No. I wonder. You know, it's a question that I'm going to ask her. Has she ever puked in her bag? I mean, I haven't puked. How did this become the puke episode, man? Oh, <laughs> you're right. But I, I, I definitely, when I was younger, before I was legal age to drink, have puked publicly, but always discreetly publicly-ish, mm. except the one time I got caught by a security guard on my hands and knees. But um, but I, I snapped right out of it. Um, that could have turned into another <laughs> That could turn into another episode. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm too much of a control freak to be a public puker. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to um, go back to the uh, fight or flight story. Get away from puke. Oh, so there's fight or flight, but I, there's also freeze. And I'm not I'm not a full freezer, but okay. but I'm a I'm a like let us let's see what's happening. Right. 
let's I you know do I need do I need to move immediately right does someone need assistance immediately but that's like the alpha beta right I mean like alpha you... alpha takes action beta just waits oh so like I, I was reading something and I don't know what it, what I was reading um they were talking about how like um you know there was an alpha um tiger something some animal that's a hunter and the alpha characteristics would be it sees a whole you know whatever they prey on i don't know gazelle or whatever i don't even know uh and it, it goes after it mm-hmm. um you know maybe 90 percent of the time or, or maybe well it has to be a percentage that it works out so i don't know the percentage but you know so, most of the time it works for the alpha and they get what they want yeah but sometimes it doesn't work and the alpha gets trampled or killed somehow right and then the beta just comes and be like now it's my turn yeah and it gets what it wants right yeah so well i used i mean i used to be more when i was when i was like in my early 20s i would say stuff and i still i don't know i just always go with the idea like nobody's gonna hit me probably Right. If they, I mean, and if they do, okay, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Not like in a bravado way, because obviously, like, I don't know, we'll fight somebody, but, um, but I would say st- when when I would say stuff to dudes, especially because I always had just had that sense of like, you're not going to hit me. Um, but I learned to stop doing it because I almost got Brian killed a couple times. Well, that'll do it. Yeah, if you're yeah, because I um, like directly called a guy a cunt. Mm. And then, so that's how I learned. They're not, no, they're not going to hit you. They're going to hit the, the, the dude that the you're per, with. Yeah, the partner you're with or whatever, the, your friend. <laughs> whatever that ride is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, I mean, I never actually got him hit. Right. Because then I would always sort of, then I would always move in. But that didn't, that didn't make things better then. No. To make Brian feel like garbage by being like, oh, I almost got you killed. And then I stepped in and fixed it. Fixed it. Right. Yeah. Like a mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. I could think of one time. You know, it's funny. I have two instances where, um, same friend, I guess. So uh, one time I was on the subway. We can go back to the subway. And it was in high school. And, you know, these bunch of kids, we were, me and my friend James were on the subway. And a bunch of these kids were about to get off. And right before they got off, they punched them so hard in the face. And I just. They nickel doors closed. Like out of nowhere, they just punched nowhere, your friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Um, like on the side of the head. It wasn't in the face. It was like the side of the head as they were leaving, and I just started laughing. <laughs> there was nothing we could do because the doors had closed. They were gone, but I just started laughing. So I think that was nervous laughter. Mm. But another time when he got into a fight and he actually won, the guy who lost told his friends to like jump him. And the kid went into his face, and out of nervousness, and maybe making it up to him from the last time, uh, I went and I punched a guy so hard in the back of the head, uh, where like his neck did like that neck thing. <laughs> so um, you know, and then we got then we get proceeded to get jumped. We both got jumped. Um, what happened? We just got our asses kicked that day. Yeah, we kind of go into like turtle position, which is like right. you know, as people just stomp on you. Wow. So, yeah, those are my uh, freezing and acting moments of my life. Um, They were fun. They were good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. But, you know, I mean, the subway was, you know, here's, I mean, the subway is always filled with stories. Yeah. 
And not to make this a subway story issue. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was, it, it is, I mean, you can't have New York without having, like, a, the subway, or at least New York memories without having yeah. subway stories. Yeah. Well, do you have any new, um, anything new this week that's going to be in the old memory bank? Oh, uh, this week I do. Um, for work, I had to MC an event, which um, for someone with anxiety is not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I wrote something out. You know, I had to do some introductions, and you know, the whole night before, I just was so like, like just agita and heartburn. Like, just was so nervous. Yeah. And then, like, I'm just because, and, and I'm wondering. I mean, I try to figure out what I was nervous about. And truly what I was nervous about was that I'm, not that I'm going to mess up, mm-hmm. not that I'm going to, anything, not public speaking, for some odd reason, I'm nervous that I'm going to just start cursing, like I have Tourette's. Really? So all I kept thinking about is I'm going to be like, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Shit, damn, fuck, shit, fuck, you, fuck. Like, I just, I, I <laughs> it's all I was nervous about is that I'm going to just start cursing like a sailor. Yeah. Who met another sailor and was talking about sailing. <laughs> and just, yeah, I I mean, everything went smooth and everything was great. But um, I just, I, and I think part of me wanted to curse like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, good morning. <laughs> Fuck you, you motherfuckers. I hate you all. But, you know, it went smooth. So that's the memory that I, I, I did that and I didn't curse. That's fantastic. What about you? Anything, did little wrinkle in your brain that this week? <laughs> <laughs> A wrinkle in brain. Um, I took the new uh, the new ferry to Bay Ridge from work. Oh, as part of my ongoing I love the ferry series this summer. Um, <laughs> because if I yeah if I can avoid getting on the subway, it's fantastic. So and I was thinking about moving to Bay Ridge, so I wanted to see how long what that did was that like. Take? It took forty minutes. And how much was it? Two seventy five, the same as a one way. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But you have to go to Bay Ridge, right? Yeah. So that that trip to Bay Ridge is probably 30 minutes? 40. The 40 whole, minutes. So start to finish for that line is 40 minutes. 40 minutes. Yeah. There's um, a Dumbo stop. There's a seasonal Brooklyn Bridge stop. Um, no, but... The, Red Hook. So the boat ride's 40 minutes. Yeah. And the train ride to get to the boat ride. Oh, the... Tra- well, I left from work, so the... I, I did it from Pier 11. Oh, okay. So... Isn't that the story? That's Pier 1. Oh, I just added one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, the whole the ferry terminal is all made from rattan furniture. Antiki <laughs> <laughs> torches. Um, <laughs> looks like Charleston all over. Uh, Charlottesville? Charlottesville? Which one was the Tiki Torch Rally? The, where Ikea? they killed that poor girl? Oh, that was the, yeah. Um, Charlottesville. Virginia? I don't know. Charleston and Charlottesville, I have a hard time with. Charleston, North Carolina, right? So I went to Bay Ridge, <laughs> and it's so nice there. But also the the ferries are really cool. We're doing like a full MTA PSA here today. Um, but the I had originally taken the ferry from work to go to. Do you remember when I I told you on the last episode about going to that drag show yes. in um, Williamsburg? Yes. So I've since gone again. Um, but when I do that, I take the ferry from work because it gets me there in like twenty five minutes, and it's so great. Um, I saw this amazing um, burlesque act mm-hmm. at the last one, which is this um, married couple 
that are, they're both women. And so the one is the one, uh, performs doing, I wouldn't say traditional, but female burlesque. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's real, real dirty, saucy fun. And then, um, her partner is, um, performs as a drag king. So she's a I woman. Have so many questions. What's the difference between a drag king and a drag queen? So a drag queen is someone generally assigned male at birth. So a man. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Performing as a woman. Okay. And I a drag you. king is a assigned female at birth, performing as, as a man. man. Okay. I should have known. Um, that. And the way that <laughs> they perform masculinity is usually pretty hilarious. Right. And it's kind of fun with this couple. It's, um, it's they're called Kitten and, Kitten and Lou. I was hoping you say kitten caboodle. Okay. <laughs> um, but they're they were amazing. They're so jaunty and um dirty and do really fun things. So look them up on, on Instagram. I think they I think they're they're either based in Seattle or New Orleans, but they're amazing. Hmm. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. I don't know. I love that. Nightgowns is an amazing show. It's like going to church <laughs> once a month. I don't think that happens. I think you're supposed to go to church once a week. I don't live by your rules. Unless you're Irish, which means you go every day. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that's it for this, this I, episode. I think so. Please join us uh, next week when we will remember some more stuff. Or forget some more stuff. Yeah. Next uh, next week we're going to be talking about false memories. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.